Welcome everybody to Understanding the Power of Money, what everyone needs to know about money but are too afraid to ask. I'm Amit Chopra, a certified financial planner, and I'm here to show you just how powerful money really is. So I recently had to bring our puppy Moose to the vet. He's having some allergy problems, he's been scratching, and I love my vet. Now, I love my vet for a lot of reasons, but one of the main things that I love about her is that early in my relationship with her, I learned about how veterinarians are compensated and how she changed the mold of how she compensates her doctors. So the typical compensation for a vet is uh, a salary, and then they get some sort of percentage of the total dollar amount of lab work that they run. So when they tell me that I need senior blood work for my other dog, my six-year-old Murphy, is that really for him? Or is that because that doctor is going to get a percentage of that revenue? Now, my vet doesn't do that. My vet just pays a salary and she pays a higher salary. What she's done is she's eliminated conflict of interest. The thing is, Nobody asks her about it, and and I, I was speaking to her about it and wondering, you know, is this is this something that people care about, or are people asking about this? And they don't. She says people don't even realize it, and it had me starting to think about my own profession and how most people, when hiring an advisor, aren't really asking the right questions, and worst of all, for the advisors who are willing to see new clients who don't have some ridiculous sum of money, uh, if you're not asking the right questions, you might just get somebody kind of, you know, trying to shove you into a product or sell you something. So I figured, you know, just like we ask, I asked my veterinarian questions before hiring them, what should you ask your advisor before hiring them? So the major thing you want to ask about is conflict of interest. Right. I remember when I started my career, my old boss would tell me about uh, a mutual fund company in the 80s that if you sold enough of their mutual fund, they would send you to Europe. And if you sold even more, it, you could include your spouse on the trip. And then even more, you could include your children. But frankly, uh, that's a pretty big conflict of interest. So there's two ways you want to combat that. And the first question you want to ask all advisors are, is, are you a fiduciary? So a fiduciary, by its uh, very definition, is someone who is legally bound to act in their client's best interests and not their own. So how does that impact you? Well, one, a financial fiduciary is not allowed to sell financial products for a commission. So I can't sell insurance. I can't I can't do anything. I can't be compensated in any other way than you the client compensating me. But let's take it a step further. What does acting in your best interest mean on a day-to-day -day level? Well, really easy. Uh, I have a personal portfolio. I have a portfolio for my children as well. Uh, they don't know about it otherwise they would ask me to buy them Robux or something ridiculous in, in you know or a new baseball bat. My my son has been bothering me for a new baseball bat, which he has two of, by the way. Nonetheless, 
<clears throat> I own particular stocks inside of my children's accounts. We also own those those uh, particular securities inside of my portfolios that I that I manage for clients. Well, if I want to sell the stock for my son in my son's account, I can't, and I and I sell it for clients that same day. I have to sell it for the same exact price. I can't do any better than my clients. That's like a small way to show uh, how it impacts you on a day-to-day -day level. But the most important part of it is eliminating conflict of interest. I can't be compensated or gifted or given anything by anyone other than my clients. So what you'll never see me doing is wearing a t-shirt with a little symbol for uh, a Vanguard on the sleeve or for for Fidelity or for whatever other company or fun company or, you know, you're not, you'll never see that because I can't even accept those t-shirts. Uh, I'm sure there's some rule that says I can accept some sort of de minimis amount, but I don't. I send them back because one of the cool things to tell your client is I have no conflict of interest. I care about you and you alone. And that's really important. So you want to ask your advisor, are you a fiduciary? Now, you want to be really careful about something. Advisors can do something called being dual registered. Now, this is fine. In and of itself, it is fine for your advisor to be like this. But if they call themselves a fiduciary, that's not true. So a dual registered advisor is somebody who is both a registered investment advisor, RIA, which is a fiduciary, and they are affiliated with a broker dealer. So a broker dealer is uh, basically a traditional brokerage type firm that is transactionally based. So whether they they charge you to buy and sell the way it used to be done, or they're able to charge you a commission because they sell you some sort of product. If you are duly registered, what happens is many of those adv advisors will say, yes, they're a fiduciary. And they are under the RIA side but they're still able to sell you products and collect a commission on the broker-dealer side. So they really haven't eliminated their conflict of interest. They've just allowed themselves to be able to market themselves a little bit better. You want to be looking for somebody who is only a registered investment advisor. There is no need to have to sell you insurance. And although I do a lot of financial planning, and I recommend uh, term life insurance to young clients constantly, I'm not the one who's going to sell it to them. I'll advise them on it. I'll help them buy it. I'll lead them to the right person to buy it. But even that person that I'm leading them to, that's just somebody I trust. They can't do anything for me. They can't They can't buy me dinner. They can't give me a t-shirt, right? They can shake my hand and say thank you, and they can make sure they treat my clients correctly. But what's not going to happen is I'm not going to sell the product because I'm not allowed. So are you a fiduciary is very important. The next question is, how are you compensated? You know, a lot of people think this is a rude question to ask because advisors always have some quip, right? Uh, uh, oh, I wish this was a hobby, but I, you know, I can't do this as a hobby or this is not charity. Yeah, we understand that, right? Everybody understands that we all do this for a living. How you are compensated as an advisor speaks volumes. We already talked about not wanting to accept commissions. So that's that's straightforward. No commissions. But you want advisors who are able to be flexible. And this is something that I have run into over and over again over the past couple of years. 
Most advisors now uh, are looking for what's called the ultra high net worth client. Simply put, advisors want to have you know a bunch of money under management with as few clients as possible. Basically, let's help as few people as possible while making as much money. Sounds like a really efficient model. But the people who truly need the help don't always fit into the to the traditional compensation structures of larger firms. Uh, a la a Morgan Stanley, and I'm not picking on anybody, but those larger wirehouses will tend to charge just a singular way. And that is basically an assets under management fee. If you have $500,000, they'll charge you some percentage of that $500,000. And that is absolutely a structure I have as well. Uh, but you want to look for other structures. So I have some clients who have been with me uh, for decades now, decade and a half now. And subsequently, their children are now entering the workforce and are looking for guidance. Those children don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest with me, but they want my time and they want to be able to compensate because they know that if they're getting something for free, they might not be getting the greatest uh, time out of me or the greatest effort. Now, that's not necessarily true, but it does. that is a feeling that people have. So how do we do that? Well, I have multiple structures for being being compensated. I have a retainer structure, which is basically a monthly fee, a small monthly fee like you pay Netflix, and you have the ability to bounce ideas and get advice. We can do a pay by sir a, a pay for service. Maybe you just need a project done, one particular thing that, uh, done. Something I've been doing a lot for for clients lately is uh, helping them set up profit and loss statements for their small business if they're refining their mortgage. So those are one-time things. So you have a you have a set fee for a one-time thing or an hourly structure. The key to it all is being flexible. You don't want to have to need a certain dollar amount to get help because the people who truly need the help are the ones who may have their money tied up in their company 401k or in their home or are saving for their children to go to college or maybe their children are in college so they have a, a large amount of cash that that is not available to be invested. Those people are the ones who need the help. Having a structure in place that allows for them to get help while also compensating the advisor is really important. Finally, one of the last questions I always tell people to ask their advisor or when they're getting ready to hire a new advisor, ask them to grab dinner. Money is an extremely personal subject matter. And it taps into some really deep-rooted emotional and behavioral aspects of all of our portfolios. Money is the leading cause of divorce in our country, and it can cause unimaginable stress for people. Finding a good advisor who can talk to you about the X's and O's of planning and, right, and, and goes through the numbers and all that stuff, that's important. But do you share similar values? Do you connect with them? Do you get along well? The relationship you have with your advisor almost matters more than really anything else. Uh, if your advisor is leading with how smart they are or their performance, just be prepared to be disappointed because I think I think last year, uh, 2020, was the 12th year in a row that active managers underperformed the market. Performance is not what you're hiring an advisor for. The planning, the system, the relationship, and the behavioral aspect of finance is what you're hiring an advisor for. 
So one of the major things, once you've determined that they're a fiduciary, that they have a a flexible fee structure that will fit for you, and they're looking out for your best interest, is do you connect with them? Do you have similar values? Is this someone that you want to hang out with, basically, four to five times a year for the next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of your life? Because that's what's going to happen. Good advisors want to see you constantly. Good advisors want to get dinner, want our children to meet, want our wives to be friends. And it doesn't mean that we need to be invited to each other's weddings or or whatever major events are happening. But it does mean that we have to have a relationship where when you are panicking or when the market is falling, you have enough confidence in me to call me and listen to the advice being given. Because advice in bull markets is pretty easy to give. Keeping clients emotionally even keeled during uh, bear markets or during short-term blips like the COVID drop or even like in December of 2018, uh, keeping clients sane, calm, invested, that is the true value of an advisor. So just like anything, you want to ask the right questions when hiring them. And all those questions really want to focus around the conflict of interest. Is there a conflict of interest? Is the advisor there for you as a fiduciary? And do you connect? Are you guys going to be friends? Do you share similar values? That's the important thing. If building wealth is important to you, then you need a plan. And your relationship with your financial advisor can make or break that plan. Click our website link below to get to know us better and start building that relationship now.